Hi there, welcome back to the Nonfiction Podcast. I'm David Leach, a former editor at Monday Magazine and Explore Magazine, and a professor of nonfiction in the Department of Writing at the University of Victoria. And I'm Deborah Campbell, and I'm also a professor of nonfiction at the University of Victoria, and I have worked as both an editor and I have been edited by probably, I would say, at least 50 different editors over my magazine and book writing life. Fantastic. Well, we're here today after discussing revision to talk about working with editors and also working as editors because both of us have um, editing experience as well as the experience uh, being an uh, editor. I, I, let's just acknowledge that editors are the the unacknowledged heroes of of the the writing world if that's so fun. much <laughs> so much and I'm, I'm glad you started off by saying that because i think there is a little bit of a a myth around editors as if they are i don't know they're like grendel in beowulf they're in a cave and they take the bodies of their victims in there and they edit them to death and then throw out the bones, don't you? I think there's this awful kind of myth around editors when actually editors are really a writer's best friend. Midwives even, doulas of, of good prose of, of books are, know, maybe that's going too far, but uh, yeah, absolutely. The the relationships I've had uh, with, a, with uh, a writer as an editor and as an editor as a writer have been some of the most valuable and creative relationships in my life. Very kind of positive and collectively creating uh, something that uh, neither one of us could have done on our own. Own, and I think that's really uh, important. Uh, so what, yeah. what, you, what, what are the skills and kind of temperament of a good editor? I'm thinking of some of the, the people that, that you've worked with. Well, when I think about the editors that really, uh, well, first of all, I think what, what a good editor does is make your work better. And by better, it can be on so many levels. It can be helping you to conceive of a project from the very start. It can be uh, helping you to think through uh, the problems that are inevitable along the way for a piece of writing. And it can be helping you with the, the massive structural problems of a, of a large piece of work. But the quality of the editor that that I, the editors that I've found to be the strongest in, in my career have been ones that are able to see what is in uh, a piece of writing and um, pull it out somehow, pull, pull the piece of writing. And not, I would say it's almost like a, a negative capability as well in that the best editors in my experience are not trying to make your work into theirs, they are trying to make your work what it what it potentially could be. Um, what what has been what it what do you find in your experience that what makes a good editor? Uh, I think an editor also has that sense of their readership, especially for a magazine. 
um, editor that kind of understanding at a granular level of of not just what their readers want because I think a good editor also pushes their readers but kind of connecting what's unique in uh, a writer's voice and approach preserving that but also shaping it in a way that resonates for their readership and a good I think a good nonfiction writer is often a bit of a ventriloquist especially if you're a freelance writer and a good editor helps you kind of modulate the voice that you already have to to suit a particular publication or even to suit a particular uh feature and even when i when i worked at explore magazine where i edited um, hundreds of articles many features as well i turn around and have to uh, write a feature for them thinking that i really understood uh, the the magazine uh, but james little my editor who and mentor the time really um, had an understanding of the magazine's uh, readership. He'd worked in outdoor uh, magazines for years and years and wasn't afraid to say, yeah, no, this isn't uh, working. That that kill your darlings moment is like, mm, uh, no, this is you kind of in- indulging some, I don't know, new journalism uh, tick or going off uh, on a, a sideline that, that doesn't really fit with what we need. So helping get uh, back on track. Um, he was exceptional at doing that. Right. And not a lot, not, not, not just indulging your flights of Hunter S. Thompson or whoever you're channel- channeling at the moment, right? Yeah, Sometimes I- needing to pull you back a little bit and put you back on who are you writing for? Exactly. Well, still giving free reign. He loved long-form journalism. He loved uh, uh, loves writers who have their own voice, who can bring humor to the page. He was always looking for people who could write with humor, so he didn't want to restrain that. And yet at the same time, there was uh, limits or uh, an understanding of, of what worked and what didn't. So having that outside perspective, he was somebody I could always trust. And at certain points, I'd bring in something, I'd be like, oh, this is great, this is great. And I could tell by his reaction, it was like, oh, maybe, maybe it isn't. And it's like back to the drawing board with the lead or with the voice. And in every case, the the feature article was much better uh, for it. I mean, it can be a little bit of a shock to the uh, the ego uh, at first when you, you get those notes back from uh, an, an editor, especially if it's a piece that you've kind of put your heart and soul in and done that revising ahead of time. I mean, I never handed in just a raw first draft. I thought. I thought it was polished and then a, a good editor realized uh, it helps you realize no there's always uh, more work to be done yeah yeah and i think um yeah that's a that's a that's a that's an important point too in in working with editors because you get their uh comments back and their suggestions often i've when i when i've got uh, magazine drafts back it's full of questions uh, and I start to go, oh, well, actually, I didn't answer that, or I didn't give any context for that, or actually, mm, I got to go do some more research now. Uh, and it can be kind of shocking, as you said, a shock to the system. And I've I've noted that sometimes the initial reflex is to reject what the editor is suggesting. Um, I, I, I don't know. It can be really helpful at that point to think. Uh, 
to think about uh, spending, you know, again, sleeping on it and thinking about um, what are they getting at? If you're not understanding, for example, why are they suggesting this? Or why are they asking all these questions? Or I thought I answered that. Um, there's a natural defensiveness we sometimes have when we've submitted a piece of work. And uh, often it's that, you know, sleep on it, think about it. And then you start to realize, oh, actually, maybe they're onto something. Have you noted ever that defensiveness when oh, someone editor comes at you? Absolutely. And it, and it only grows over the years, maybe as I, I, be, I become more uh, uh, rigid. Yeah. Um, uh, on both sides as, as well as uh, when you're asking kind of questions or making suggestions of a writer and their first instinct is to defend the piece rather than which is which is fine at times you want to have that uh, conversation. But if you're asking those questions, it's for a reason you're you're trying to kind of step in as an editor into the point of view of a reader who's going to have those questions. And if they're not answered uh, within the, the uh, flow of a story might just kind of drop uh, out of it out of control confusion or boredom and certainly as uh, a writer as well uh, but I think it's a good approach asking those questions and maybe here I'll take a side note which you can feel free to edit out uh, if, if it doesn't uh, uh, fit but my personal kind of I know bugbear as a, an editor is Microsoft track changes and using Microsoft track <laughs> changes uh, for editing, which I always tried to to avoid, but it, it's become so pervasive. On the one hand, I think it allows you to just kind of click through, accept uh, or or not uh, changes, but it it creates. I, I don't know, an interface between um, editor and writer that I don't think is always uh, uh, pro productive. And, and I think it can feel overwhelming to a writer to get this document that seems to be filled uh, with changes, even if many are own, over uh, questions as well. Uh, do, you, do you have the, sa the same reaction is, or is that just like a, a personal pet peeve of, of my own that I need to get over? <laughs> well, I... I do sometimes think about that in regard to whether it might be just more effective to give someone editorial notes. So, for example, when I think about it, when A Disappearance in Damascus had its first big edit, my editor, uh, Louise Dennis, who's a well-known uh, editor in Canada, she actually didn't give me any notes and she didn't give me her track changes she said it was because her computer wasn't working but what I think it was was that we instead had a, had a three-hour conversation in which she just asked me a lot of questions and I then realized many things as she was asking me these questions I realized uh, whole swaths whole chapters that I would then have to write to answer them and had she just handed me back that manuscript with a bunch of track changes and comments, I would have gone straight into the polishing side of things. So, uh, and fixing or essentially just answering her questions and not realizing she was giving me some very bigger picture things to think about. So I find that often those, um, well, conversations, if you can have them, and otherwise written notes as opposed to going through uh, line by line at that point is very useful at the early stage. Um, I personally 
don't mind track changes, but I don't really like when my work is overwritten. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think you make a good point about that, that kind of conversation, the questions, the kind of more general fixed note at that, that early stage to make a writer uh, or make yourself think about those larger substantive revisions. I think about it, my, my first book, I think the only main kind of note that I got back from the editor was a question of, of verb tense that in the, the scenes from the adventure race that went wrong, I had, uh, and my students will find this uh, interesting because I always kind of uh, challenge them on this. I'd write, written it in the present tense to try and capture this, the spirit of the moment. And she just said, no, this, this doesn't work. I mean, this happened in the past. You can do this all in the past. Uh, so I had to kind of go back and rewrite two thirds of the book, at least from verb tense. And of course, it kind of opened other possibilities as well with, with uh, the chronology. And even the same with my second book in which I actually hired uh, some grad students uh, to do early reading needs of, of um, uh, in the, to help me with the revision process. And again, rather than zeroing in on particular sentences or paragraphs, uh, they often asked me uh, larger questions and didn't know as much context about the Israeli-Palestinian situation. So they made a good outside uh, reader. Um, but the, some of the major comments were finding a balance between the research element and the personal memoir element. They said they wanted more young David, more uh, of me in the past to kind of balance um, the serious material with uh, some of the lighter, more humorous uh, material and and shape the narrative voice more, which again was very helpful and forced me to kind of look at it uh, anew through that lens at every stage, at every chapter as well, and was a, a super helpful a note that uh, gave me the con uh, confidence to move in that uh, direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, just to, to think more about the editor-writer relationship, do you have any, uh, you know, from your perspective, editing at Explore, and I, I've done uh, some editing at, at Adbusters, um, and, and I've certainly edited book manuscripts as well, often often just for friends, but but some, some outside of that. Um, do you have any... Uh, uh, advice on the relationship. One of the things that thing we we're talking about here, though, is trust, right? Needing that, that trust, that openness of communication, being open to maybe hearing what you don't want to hear, maybe being sent to back to the drawing board when you know that's going to mean weeks or months or even longer of work. Um, but do you have any tips from that side of the desk? Yeah, that's a good question. It's been a little while since I've uh, been really behind the editorial desk, though obviously we do it all the time uh, with our students, but we don't always get to see the full progress from draft to, to uh, final uh, version. Absolutely trust. So often the best um, relationships happen when I was working with a writer who I may have first accepted some of their work to work on shorter stories, which are a little easier to do. And you build that trust on, hey, this is back and forth. We do it over a couple of days on a 600 or 900 word piece. And then they, they decide to kind of graduate up to a feature article. And to write a feature article for the first time is very challenging in terms of 
of structure and uh, managing on the material and I can remember working on a feature it was about actually a Métis bobsledder with like um, a troubled past who was heading towards uh, the Olympics a Canadian bobsledder with um, a writer who just became a, a friend of mine uh, who had mostly done um, uh, shorter pieces and this was his first feature but he had access to this amazing story this amazing source that nobody else could uh, bring we probably worked uh, off and on for like 10 months on the story 13 drafts but he had this hunger to kind of really tell the story he, he felt it was uh, important he recognized the limitations uh, of his own writing and knowledge he was willing to experiment when we uh, I made notes and suggested uh, things to kind of break up the chronology sometimes they worked sometimes they didn't as an editor being willing to kind of admit when your advice falls flat and, and kind of uh, take responsibility for that hey thanks for trying that uh didn't really work let's try this uh instead and uh, over that time the the story just really uh evolved and uh, eventually was nominated for for a magazine uh, award for which we were both incredibly um proud yeah um it sounds like there was a lot of trust a lot of uh patience uh, it sounds like there was mutual respect there as well, um, that you actually enjoyed working together because that's a pretty long haul. Yeah, and there was a conversation. You really get on the phone as well. I think sometimes we, we work so fast in this digital sphere that we can send off an email and the, that electronic correspondence can lose that personal touch and come off as a little bit uh, harsh. So how you, it's, it's like any kind of constructive uh, criticism, how you frame it is is so important. So so building that, that relationship and maintaining that relationship in the, in the tone and in the framing of uh, any of the criticism or feedback um, that you give. So when, I've got a question for you. When do you um, suggest changes uh, or insist on changes or actually make changes as an editor? Or when have you seen editors kind of do that? Will they ever kind of go in and, and uh, kind of manipulate uh, prose? I had that early on in my career once or twice. Um, and I have generally uh, I think been a little bit resistant to having someone overwrite me. But one of the things that it does is make, it wakes you up really quickly as a writer and think, oh, maybe they're pointing out something I'm missing and I will rewrite this better. <laughs> so I don't have to incorporate, I mean, some editors are really great writers, but quite a lot of them, editing is a very different skill set, actually. Uh, so sometimes when they're overwriting you, what they're trying to do is say, okay, actually, I'm just looking for this to be punchier, or mm -hmm. I'm asking you to define your terms here, so I defined it for you. Um, and even if their language isn't right, it it's a, it's a suggestion. And so immediately, uh, I, I then took the message and put it into my own words so that it was back in the flow of the story. So sometimes that can be really useful, actually. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think I remember the first uh, very small kind of um, article that I ever sold as a freelance writer, and it got completely 
rewritten to the point that I don't know if there was like five words in a row that uh, were the same as mine. I thought, oh, this is really kind of a strange uh, experience. But yeah, it, it, it ignites that fire to really try and nail down what they're looking for uh, from the, the get-go. And it's something I often have to rein in myself as uh, an editor who's also a writer, that desire to kind of go in where I just hear a sentence that, that sounds kind of clunky and I was like I know how to get what I want from that um, but is there a better way that will lead the author uh, to do that and uh, again it often depends on context if we're coming up on deadline I, I may go in and, and massage some writing and say hey I take, uh, take it or leave it how do you think uh, and I'll let the author rework it as well but if it's a, a longer feature and you've got more time it's yeah those more subtle uh, directions yeah, and sometimes when I'm, you know, sometimes it can be helpful to, as an editor, to just write your suggestions in comment, in comments, say, how about something like this? Or in your own words, could you tell us this? Uh, because you, you can do this better than yes. me, but this is what I'm thinking of. Exactly. So it's clear that I'm not trying to write their story for them. I'm trying to point out that we need something here. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, that that makes uh, good sense. Um, any other kind of experiences of, of being e edited, positive, negative? You don't have to name any names. You, you don't. Uh, <laughs> I've to. only had one really terrible editing experience, and it was an editor who was a new hire at a magazine, and this was a fairly prestigious magazine, and he um, did a, did a really good edit on the first draft. And then uh, slowly over the course of three months of editing, I was like the frog in the beaker. And by draft 12, I did not want to publish this story at all. And it, he had slowly turned it into, uh, well, this, a story that would have run in the previous publication essentially that he'd worked at before getting this job. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, the outcome is that he went on vacation. The publisher of the magazine uh, read it, also read my first draft, phoned me up on a Sunday, said, we're running your first draft and I'm firing that editor. Oh. And, <laughs> and gave me an extra 1400 bucks for my troubles. And, um, and that was, I, I don't want to name names because, you know, the editing, editing is a stressful enough job, isn't it? Uh, but that's the only really bad editorial experience I have. And it taught me that I really should listen to my instincts at some point. Um, however, he'd given me a really great edit on my first draft, right? So um, yeah, I, almost all of my experiences with editors have been positive and some have been absolutely phenomenal where they have just taken my work and it's like they it was it was like my work was seen through a blurry lens and they managed to pull it into focus and pull things out of me that I didn't know I could do so um it, I would say and I'll ask you this question you know if I could do uh if I could do one thing for an editor it would be probably to you know buy them a beer they really deserve it <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, famous e editors. I mean, if they're famous, it's it's uh, almost like celebrity Graydon Carter or uh, Maxwell Perkins back back in the day. I liked. I think the New York Times Magazine briefly. I don't think they even do it anymore. Would would. Uh, uh, indicate who the editor of the the different features were. I was like, oh wow, that is uh, so cool to give them that kind of acknowledgement. Of course, writers know, and and we we always acknowledge them in our in our books. And should we be so lucky to win an award, we know how vital um, their their collaborations are. And it's also challenging because with cutbacks in um, the, the book publishing and the publishing industry, there are fewer editors out there. And the editors who remain have to do more of the work. I mean, in the magazines, you're losing that kind of under um, uh, story of assistant uh, editors who might take that first draft or kind of work on the smaller stories and the, the head editors or managing editors are having to do more of the editing and, and faster and not being able to give it as much attention in, in the same I think in book publishing unless you're a big name you're not necessarily uh, getting the attention that you might so I know a lot of people um, especially first-time authors people looking for a book contractor are actually going out and hiring their own uh, editors to to get that feedback yeah which I, 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 I think it's a good idea I think it's a good idea if you can write find the right person uh, I mean it's unfortunate that you have to kind of go out and and self-fund uh, the the editing of your your book but uh, it's part of the the reality of publishing these days right and that experience is there's nothing like having good editorial feedback a good editor is the, really the difference between a manuscript that will get published and a manuscript that won't so i do think i would agree with you that that's that's it can be a really wise course of action giving the given the unfortunate cutbacks and um, editors are only invisible until they disappear <laughs> Yeah, abs absolutely. I don't, I don't want to say they're an endangered uh, species because uh, I, I think you only have to look at some of the rambling on the uh, internet and social media to understand what unedited communication uh, looks like, as well as as the the dangers of it. But yeah, we need to, we need to protect our editors, respect our editors. Any, any tips for, for people who are interested to get into the field of, of uh, editing? Well, I think uh, you, you, you start where you are and often that can be um, if you can get um, an internship or if you're a student who gets a co-op posting doing um, sort of maybe even copy editing, which is sort of last phase editing, looking at the, and uh, uh, that can be a way to get your foot in the door um and uh and there are some pretty good editing and publishing programs out there as well so taking a course absolutely and i think the one uh, reading as well i mean the one joy of of editing is is how much reading you uh get to do sometimes it's raw draft uh reading but to to work with other people's words as i've said i, I love the revision process more than the writing process so editing allowed me to kind of uh, uh indulge in that but also just reading widely whether if you're a magazine uh editor reading other magazines whether it's within your your kind of subject area or often others and 
kind of being inspired and finding examples that you can share with uh, writers of other uh, features that are doing interesting things and the same in, in book editing as well. You're able to kind of draw all that uh, reading knowledge and perhaps share it uh, with writers to, to help in, improve their their prose as well. And um, I mean, it fits nicely with, with uh, teaching. And as an editor, you've got that, that connection potentially uh, with a writer for their career. If you're at a book a publisher, even often as a, as a magazine editor, you may work with writers for 10, 15, 20 years if, if you're lucky and, and see them uh, flourish and evolve and, and change. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful relationship. It is. It is a relationship. So you might not even just buy them a beer once in a while. You might even end up buying them dinner or they can buy it for you if they have an expense account. But these are becoming quite rare. <laughs> expense account. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> we, we once had a beer fridge at Explore. So that way and, and, a, and a barbecue back. But that, uh, uh, spoiled. Exactly. <laughs> That's the closest we got to an expense account. <laughs> Okay, great. Any last thoughts on and editors and, and uh, editing? Oh, um, it's a it's a wonderful process, and it, it like a like the best friendships uh, they can uh, change your life. Yeah, and I, I I do actually look fondly back to the the environment of being an editor, and uh, it's often a collaborative environment. You're not just solo. You'll be kind of working on, with an editorial team, and and sometimes you'll have multiple editors working on a story to have that kind of conversation and, yeah. and uh, uh, collaboration is is exciting, and, and to work on a creative project, whether it's a series of books or uh, a monthly or bi monthly magazine, is is exciting, especially if you come from the lonely world of, of being a, a writer just sitting at their laptop. Mm -hmm. well, fantastic. Thank you, David. Thank you so much, Deborah. And take care. We'll talk again soon.